Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of our podcast, Dean Thoughts. And today we have a guest speaker for you guys. Alhamdulillah. Introduce yourself. Assalamu alaikum, guys. My name is Basil. Uh, I'm one of Anam's friends. And today we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about. So if you guys know Basil, we brought him back from much love from the fans, especially myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys know we ha- we've been had him uh, before. Uh, inshallah, today we're going to be talking about. Uh, kind of your iman bar, you know, so like how can we deal with iman fluctuation, uh, the blittling of sins, uh, and and stuff like that. But before we get into that, I think really important to just quickly mention, uh, obviously right now we are in the month of Shaban, alhamdulillah, we are only like 15 days away from Ramadan, very crazy, you know, time is flying. So it's important that we are Ready, we're getting ready. We're preparing ourselves for Ramadan. Um, I don't know if you guys you probably heard this hadith a bunch of times, but the hadith mentions how the Prophet Sallallahu he wouldn't fast any complete month in the year apart from Shaban, which he used to join Ramadan. Basically saying that the Prophet Sallallahu would fast Shaban um, as much as like, like this one says like as much as Ramadan. But like this, Shaban would be the month that he would fast the most outside of Ramadan. Just showing you that the Prophet ﷺ was trying to prepare for Ramadan, uh, and we should do the same. And so, yes, like you know, I'm not saying like you have to fast the whole month, but that should mean we should be increasing our ibadah. Uh, you know, do, reading more Quran, doing more tasbih. You know, having trying to be more focused in our salah. This is these are the important things so that we can prepare for Ramadan. And there's also another thing I want to mention. Uh, which is that the companions of Islam, they used to supplicate or make dua six months in advance before Ramadan, the asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he would uh, allow them to reach Ramadan. Um, and then after that, they would make dua for six months after Ramadan, just so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept their deeds, showing you how important Ramadan is and that the and the companions were com- were always thinking about it and always trying to prepare for it. Thoughts, Basid? Yeah, so, you know, when... In, in, at our local masjid, um, the the sheikh and the imam always tells us, you know, that Sharban, you, whenever you're preparing for Ramadan, you should always start from Sharban because a, a sign that you're going to be successful in Ramadan is if you start in Sharban and, you know, ease yourself into uh, the ibadat that you're going to do in Ramadan. So, for example, if you're going to, uh, inshallah, complete the whole Quran during during the month of, month of Ramadan, you know, try finishing half of the Quran in Sharban. Or, um, you know, if you're trying to do a certain amount of dhikr, do half of that yeah. uh, in the month of Shaban. Yeah. Actually, one of our friends, he sent to us uh, he, that he saw this thing where they were saying, a sheikh was saying, like, um, the shaitan, he tries to get you to, in this month, you're like, okay, I want to quit habits in Ramadan. So in this month, I'm going to do the habit one last time or maybe a little bit more. That way, I'm, like, able to quit it in Ramadan. But this is actually wrong. Shaitan is tricking you, right? So what we want to do is like Beth said, we want to obviously try to do more good deeds. Like if you like, like he said, like if you're trying to read a juzza a day in Ramadan, maybe read 15 pages. I mean, 10 pages, half a juzza right now in Shaban. But if you're trying to quit something in Ramadan and you know that's going to be your intention, then try like quitting now. Like try to start uh, getting ready for that and not like, oh, let me do more of that sin. No, try to do less and less of that sin in Shaban. That way it's easier for you to stop. Uh, in Ramadan and continue stopping after Ramadan as well. Yeah, and also just to add to that, uh, also keep, when you're doing these things, you know, trying to inc- increase your hasanat and decrease your sayyat, uh, just also remember that 
um, your priority should be decreasing sayyat because you know doing haram and not doing haram is fard on you and doing extra ibadat is something that isn't obligatory upon us so you should prior obviously do both you have to do both regardless because you don't want to be on yom and yama with no good deeds but the the priority should be and put your most of your energy into staying away from haram things um and you know yeah yeah all right now let's get into our main topic inshallah uh so today we're going to be talking a little about about iman fluctuations so before we've mentioned the iman bar i don't know if you remember that best in our past episodes iman bar, of course so the iman bar uh, and this kind of relates especially to the fact that like we're trying to quit sayyat, you know, trying to quit these bad habits that we have, whatever it may be. Uh, and then questions always come, well, how do I quit these bad habits? How can I get my iman to be higher? How can I, uh, you know, try to stop these things? What are your thoughts on that, Basit? So, yeah, I think something that's important is to recognize that, you know, your iman bar is heavily tied to... Um, you know, committing committing sins, but also realizing that you're committing sins. So, for example, someone who has a low iman bar might be more inclined to commit a, a belittle a sin and, you know, commit it and not think too much of it. And, you know, in their eyes, it's not a very big sin. But in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those consistent small sins that you're committing that, you know, you kind of brush off. Those those are the ones that eventually build up and become you know major sins because you're belittling belittling Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's you know justice and His mercy and and uh, His punishment to be honest. Yeah, of course, honestly, I definitely agree with you. And the iman bar, like like you said, um, I feel like there are so many sins that we do, uh, and we just don't realize that those are cr cranking at our iman bar. You know, like I feel like th like the way I imagine it is like this: you have like a bar. Right, the iman bar. But then you have like a, a max iman that you can reach. And some people, that when their iman fluctuates, they'll reach this max iman. But your max iman might be pretty low. And that's where your issue is. You feel me? Like you are not reaching a high enough max because of these these sins are, are capping you. They're, they're, they're not letting you reach higher than what you should be reaching. So like for example, uh, we mentioned before the hadith where that man, he said he was guaranteed paradise. And the companions... Uh, uh, the companions were confused like why he was guaranteed paradise so they followed him the whole day and they were trying to see what he did and they didn't see that he did anything special so they went and asked him and he said before I go to sleep I cleanse my heart from any hatred and I forgive everyone and you, you remember that hadith right yes, we mentioned that hadith before so that hadith is important why because these those like small things interactions that you have in your day you may not realize those can be capping you you may say something, it might be like something small, you may think you're joking, you may think it's not a big deal, but at the end of the day, that could hurt you. That could be a sayyid for you because you're saying something wrong. Or maybe you had a bad interaction with someone and that is kind of uh, taken away from your iman as well. Yeah, subhanAllah. Um, you know, just going back uh, last year uh, when, you know, I was transitioning to a new school and, you know, subhanAllah, the, the workload at school is, you know, kind of weighing down on me. And I noticed that it took it. It did take a, a little hit at my iman, and you know, around. Uh, so I started in I think August or July, and around the time of f February, I'd say, um, is when you know, going off of what Adam was saying, I realized you know, 
it had a lot to do with that that iman fluctuation bar and you know little little tiny things that you might be doing that have a big effect so for example what i did to get out of that alhamdulillah was at the end of each day um i would just you know sit in my bed uh and i would just think about everything that i did throughout the day whatever whether that is mo- mainly it would be sayyat that i would be doing throughout the day and i would be thinking you know i would make tawbah for every single one of the things that i remember along with that the one thing that also helped me i think the most was you know at the end of my day doing dhikr and um it was because i was listening to a podcast where the sheikh was you know he referenced the the ayah ala bi dhikrillah tatma'inul qulub that through the dhikr of allah the the hearts find you know the rest or um you know ease um so you know when you're trying to boost your iman or increase your iman bar a lot of it has to do with a dhikr and b tawbah with both of these it's you know it's a good formula to increase your iman if you know that iman bar has a high potential like adam was saying you might have a low iman potential or a very very high iman potential so if you have a high iman potential that will boost it up to high but if you have a low iman potential the number one thing to do is look at signs of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at the miracles of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at the things the blessings that he's given you increase your 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 belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase your belief in the things that he's given you and uh, you know inshallah through that it'll boost your iman yeah actually you, you reminded me of something i saw uh, i was listening to a lecture one time and he mentioned uh you mentioned tawbah and this guy was saying like when you do a sayah you're it's like you have to make tawbah right away and if you don't make tawbah right away and let's say you delay your tawbah you actually have to make two tawbahs one tawbah for the sin that you did and another tawbah for delaying your tawbah right because when you do a sin this is uh, you're transgressing against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you did something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered you not to do so you are actually required to go and ask forgiveness from Allah and i feel like in our lives like from day to day and i love that you mentioned that story um it's important that we prioritize Allah like i feel like some of us like we want to become better at the deen which is great but then you look at how we live our life and it's like we put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like i don't want to say last but like in your day to day life you'll be like okay i'm going to go to work i'm going to do this i'm going to do my homework and then at the end of the day i'll read quran but like why is it at the end of the day you know or like at the end of the day i will do this you know like i feel like it's important that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be throughout our whole day to day life like throughout the whole day you should be remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the whole day you should be doing something for the sake of Allah your intentions right easily could be and we talked about this multiple times like oh i'm going to work for the sake of allah oh let's say i'm on the train or i'm in the car let me listen to something uh or let me just be making dikit you know what i mean and this way it's like you're constantly in remembrance of allah your iman bar is of course going to be increased and if you want to do say for example lowering the gaze right now is obviously a very tough one i feel like many people are struggling with it but like imagine if you're constantly you're just remembering Allah or you're remembering like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's adab the punishment you're fearing hellfire every single day then why would you take that glance you're not going to do it you know what i mean yeah subhanallah uh as soon as adam you know started talking it reminded me of you know an ayah um uh, the ayah is in uh, surah muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu in tansuru allaha yansurkum wa yuthabbit aqadamakum 
So, O oh, you have, who, who have believed, if you support Allah, he will support you and plant firmly your feet. Now, what does it mean to support Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of odd when uh, it was a few weeks ago, um, again, at our local masjid, the, the, sheikh, <laughs> the sheikh brought up this ayah and he, he mentioned, and I was thinking to myself, what does it mean to you know, support Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How could you support Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he said, you do this, the, the meaning of this is simply by doing our ibadah and following Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's orders and prioritizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over whatever is going on in your life. So for example, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I was applying to, you know, uh, something for school and a lot of my decision was, you know, it had to do with being close to a masjid, being close to like Muslimin. So I use this ayah, you know, if you prioritize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make everything else easier. Whatever, I didn't, I didn't know what was happening, to be honest. I was like, you know what, no matter what, what happens, I'm going to, you know, put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first and whatever unfolds, unfolds. And this should be your mentality for everything in life. You know, if you're going to a new school, if you're if you're starting a new job, if you're trying to implement a new habit, if you, you know, if you support Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by prioritizing him, he's going to make everything easier. If you try putting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first in terms of very bad day, he's going to make that very bad day easier. If you try getting a job and you you prioritize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by, you know, going next to a masjid or, or planning your lunch breaks around salah time, whatever the case may be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to make it easier. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give you risk. He might, he might increase the money. He's going to increase the barakah. He's going to do so many things for you just for simply what putting him first. So, you know, it's, it's, it's in the Quran, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's our dalil to why we should prioritize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It reminds me of the ayah, Fatkuruni at Kurkum, right? So like, if you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he'll remember you. So in our day-to-day, like when we're making big decisions, small decisions, whatever it is, it shouldn't be, okay, it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like a good thing if it meets Allah's requirements. No, it should be like, if it doesn't meet Allah's requirements, I am not doing this. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't want it. Like, like for example, like, oh, I'm going to take this job, but they're not letting me go to Salat al-Jummah. No, I don't want the job then. Why am I taking this job? Because yeah. if I take a job that will, like, if I pass up on this job, you should be, you should have, like, tamanina, like, you should, like, what is tamanina like, English, like, uh, uh, like, trust, kind of, you know? Yeah. Or, like, full, um, I don't know the word, but, like, basically, like, you should know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sure is going to give you something better. Like, you, fi- you find rest. Right, like rest that or, or calmness that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is gonna yeah. give you. Yeah, like you know that. Okay, if I pass up on this opportunity, or for example, like going to this college, I feel like it's not gonna uh, help me in my iman. Okay, then don't go to that college. You know, like whatever. If you if you're doing something for the sake of Allah, then know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sees that and He sees your efforts and He will make whatever you're doing better for you. Like, yeah, or the what was that other ayah? Oh my God, I was thinking about it. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Allah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but well, Adam thinks about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's you know, especially Jumaat during you know work. That's something huge. And if you if you find yourself you know in a job that you kind of have to keep, it's your only source of income. You know that's understandable. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sees it. But also you know there's there's ways, especially in in today's society, there's ways to like push your way to 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 get what you want by either. Going during your lunch break, I know a lot of people who have very, very busy work schedules. 
but they they tell their their manager you know can i get my lunch at this certain time so that you know mm-hmm. i could go to jimma right or you know salat time you know there's ways to to ease your way but you always have to try that's the thing you always have to try no yeah. matter what you don't go passive because whenever you're passive that's when shaitan you know he starts he starts you know rubbing his hands yeah. together and he he sees his prey <laughs> yeah. like you can't be passive you have to keep trying if you if you find yourself you can't go to jimma on friday keep trying keep trying every every other week maybe ask ask for that opportunity if you find yourself having trouble with salah you know during during work keep trying keep trying keep trying find that 5 minutes where you can go and pray your quick salah and then and then return to work or return to school you know don't don't fall in the trap where uh you know where you you think you have to take the the step back or you sacrifice or or have shaitan give you west west saying you know this is your only source of income right. you quit your job you you go homeless no you find ways islam is all about working you know finding a balance but also it's also completely dependent on completing your faraid so you can't you can't sacrifice one end but it also doesn't mean you have to take a foot a step back on the mm-hmm. other end it also reminds me so i i found the hadith al sahiba but what you just said it's like allah subhanahu says in surah dariyat wa ma khalaqtu al-jinna wal-insa illa liya'budun right your main purpose is to worship allah so that is your priority you know it's like i'm telling like a like you hire like a worker and it's like all right you got to build me this house and he makes it like the last his part he goes get mcdonald's and this and you know and then at the end of the day the house is not built but i paid you to build the house all the time that he created you to worship him he did not create you to to go like to get that milkshake <laughs> you know what i mean like so like when you're doing something for the sake of allah like allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you just so you could worship him then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is be so happy with you for that and the hadith i was thinking about was It says verily you will never leave anything for the sake of Allah almighty but that Allah will replace it with something better for you. And I, I don't we probably mentioned this hadith before but it's worth mentioning again that when you are leaving something for the sake of Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to like give you something better. So like yeah that job it doesn't they don't let me pray salat al-jumu'ah but when I'm leaving it you're going to see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's going to he's going to give you something better Get for it. Better job. Yesterday we were in a in a lecture He said a couple of things that honestly resonates with this, uh, and he mentioned uh, that there was a brother, and he they had a haram relationship, subhanallah. And so uh, these two brothers are in college, uh, and the brother and the sister they they start to get closer to the dean, and the brother decided, you know what? They were in a haram relationship, by the way. Uh, I didn't say that. No, no, I don't. I, actually, I don't remember. Yeah, but, so but, they were in a haram relationship. So and uh, like people would always be like, oh yeah, here comes the lovebirds, I and mean, they should like everyone knew about it. Uh, and then eventually they got closer to the dean and the brother mentioned to the sister and he was like you know what like we got to make this halal and so he said uh I'll promise you like I think he said after I graduate I'll I'll propose uh but from now like you're going to have to talk to my sister and I'll get updates from my sister subhanallah they did that and then now he said that the last update was they're married with five kids so they left something for the sake of Allah this haram relationship they left something for the sake of Allah uh but then they they got rewarded with something better which is like a halal relationship in which now they actually there's barakah there's blessing in their relationship where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing them to you know to love each other in the halal way you know what i'm saying so that's like also really important there was also there was also another one uh the alcohol one i forgot how the story ended though i don't know if you say it i don't remember wallah uh oh yeah 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 i remember so um it was you know this this sheikh that was speaking to us Um he said he visited an area 
that uh, and it was at a masjid and you know the board of the masjid came up to the the sheikh and they were like you know yeah sheikh you can talk about anything in the world talk about anything but don't mention uh, alcohol selling yeah. alcohol at your stores because our number one donor oh sorry about that our number is. one our, <laughs> sorry <laughs> because our number one donor he he sells alcohol and we don't want to like push him away and subhanallah the sheikh was like okay the next day comes and he's giving his talk. He makes the whole entire thing about selling alcohol and how selling alcohol is haram and that you shouldn't do it. And there's no barakah in it. And what happened? You know, the, everyone thought, you know, if you talk about that, khalas, the, the donor's gone. Oh but subhanAllah, what happened was that the person, the donor, gave up selling alcohol. Something good came from it because, you know, they didn't shy away from from speaking against, you know, falsehood. And they... they int- instead went towards you know saying good yeah so subhanallah there's always a uh there's always a way and honestly that story the reason i want to mention the alcohol one is also because that brother he gave away like he stopped selling alcohol and i feel like that's like so difficult you know like especially if that's your main source of income like that's got to be so difficult but he completely stopped for the sake of allah and I know for a fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded him with something better because this is exactly what the hadith mentions. Even just on a very basic playing field or uh, like basic level, it it got us the story just because his story was spread to, I think yesterday's, yesterday's halaqah was like, how many people? 500 people? Yeah. Ton, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure the sheikh, every time he goes somewhere, he he, ta- he brings up that story every once in a while. So that that person that gave up the alcohol is getting the ajr from however many people he you know, the sheikh is going around telling. Um, of course. Yeah, I was also, uh, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll mention one more story. So the the third the third thing was also the, about that exact hadith. Um, and, you know, it was like uh, the, the hadith where, like, if you sacrifice something that you love, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replace it for yeah. more. And, you know, someone asked in the, in the little gathering, they were like, well, what if I don't really have much? to give for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to replace for more. He said, you know, you it could be as simple as giving your favorite hoodie and Allah mm-hmm. subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because realistically, the reason why you're doing it is for hasanat, to show that you're obedient towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not, it's not about the goods that you're giving up. It's about the person you're giving it up for. You're giving it up for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the person who gives up a hoodie... It, it might be the same in the sight of Allah as someone who's giving up, you know, a whole business or, you know, whatever the case may be. So so don't ever shy away from that and don't let shaitan, you know, whisper in your ear that, you know, you don't have much to give away. So don't give anything away. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not realistic. So and, and, and it also applies to like the fact that when we look at our lives, we do say it, we do things. You can easily give up these things that you're doing that maybe just be habitual, like habits, and you feel like this is so hard for me to give up. Like, how can I give this up? You know, like we talked about like selling alcohol, we talked about, but there are small things as well that it's just maybe to your day to day. And you, like, for example, like maybe you're just talking to a girl or like the opposite gender yeah, or listening to music, right? Or listening to music. And you feel like, how am I going to give this up? This is so difficult. Know that if you let that go for Allah, number one, you're going to be rewarded so much. Number two, you will you're gonna increase your maximum iman, right? Wallahi, oh my gosh, yes. You're gonna you're gonna definitely increase and I, the amount of people I've heard, yeah, when I gave up music, you don't understand my iman, like 
flew. Like I got so much closer to Allah. It became easier to memorize Quran. Like that's just like when you give something for the sake of Allah, like give it up. Allah is going to like bring you closer to Him, and inshallah, like that's going to be a means for you to enter Jannah. Like that could be a means for you to enter Jannah. And another thing that I want to mention, a hadith came to mind when we were talking about prioritizing Allah, and we we're talking about you know remembering Allah constantly. It sometimes it gets hard. You know, when our iman is low, it, it gets difficult to do things for the sake of Allah, to prioritize Allah, to uh, to do you know these ibadat. Um, and one thing that I feel like is so important is this hadith that says, "Remember often the destroyer of pleasures, death." Right. So the, the fact that the like when you die, you just just remember that that is the thing that's going to destroy your pleasures. And when you die, like, are you ready to die? Are you ready to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment with your deeds, with your actions? Are you thinking that you're going to enter Jannah? Are you not afraid of Jahannam? Like, I remember there was, um, I forgot exactly if it was a hadith. I listened to it and, it's, and it stuck with me. And he said that uh, when the believers, you know, like some of the believers, sometimes we belittle Jahannam. And we're like, okay, like it's okay. I'll spend some time in Jahannam, but at least I get to go to Jannah. And... Uh, there was something honestly I forgot exactly what it was, but it was around the lines that he was saying that when they when the believe those believers they will come and they will see Jahannam and Jahannam will will give off like a a cold breath, not even like a hot breath, and at that point they will be so scared and they'll wish that they could never enter Jahannam. And it was a cold breath, not a warm breath, like a hot breath. So Subhanallah, showing you that sometimes we belittle Jahannam because of Shaitan. He comes and tells you, okay, like you could spend like a year in Jahannam, but you're gonna go to Jannah. Like you believe in Allah, there's that hadith that says, you know, whoever believes in Allah, then he's going to enter Jannah. But like, what about the fact that you don't even want to spend a second in Jahannam? Because Jahannam is way scarier than we expect it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, think about it. Imagine any sort of pain you've ever felt in this dunya. Like whether it's like, you know, touching a fire or like stepping on a Lego or stepping on like what? <laughs> stepping on a Lego. <laughs> I love that. It's funny. Like imagine that pain and imagine it multiplied like infinitely and yeah. coming from everywhere in your body. And that's not even like a sliver of what Jahannam is. You don't want to mm -hmm. face Jahannam. And this is a good transition because me and Adam also were like planning on talking about people who are belittling sins uh, and, you know, saying, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful. You know, right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to forgive it. He's the most merciful. So subhanAllah, I wanted to bring this uh, page from uh, a book from Ibn Qayyim, uh, and it's Adda' with Dawa. So the 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 illness and the cure. We recommend you guys go read that book. Yeah, by the very way. good book. It's a it's a very thick book. Like it's it's a lot of pages, but it's very beneficial. And even if you chip away like one page a day, you're still gonna gain a lot from it. Do you have a PDF? Yeah, you can find a PDF very easily online. Okay. Um, but Search yeah, it up, guys, go Search go read that. At that with Doa, the illness, I think it's the illness and the cure, the disease and the cure. The disease and the cure. Okay. So the chapter, um, you know, they're very short chapters, two page, three page chapters, um, is the narration or narrations that should deter the ignorant and deluded sinner by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it goes, many ignorant people have inappropriately relied on the mercy, pardon, and generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and squandered his orders, prohibitions, and forgotten that he is severe in punishment and that his punishment cannot be repelled from those who are criminals. But whoever relies on his pardon while he, he is insistent upon sins is like the stubborn one. Maruf said, 
Your hope for mercy from the one who you do not obey is delusion and feeble-mindedness. And some of the scholars have also said, whoever takes a limb from you in this worldly life as a penalty uh, for theft or something worldly, three dirhams, do not fall into false sense of security that his punishment in the hereafter will be similar. Um, and it was also said, this is the last thing um, that I, I want to be talking about. The, the, the chapter is, you know, a little bit longer. So go read it, um, inshallah. And it's, it is said to Al-Hasan, we see that you cry a lot. He replied, I fear that he will cast me into the fire without consideration. And obviously he's talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So this that whole thing should just scare you, just point blank. Yeah. People of the past used to cry that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will throw them into the fire without consideration. Even if they were the best person ever, they would still fear it. The other, the other thing that was said, your hope for mercy from one whom you do not obey is delusion. Imagine, imagine you think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be merciful to you when you don't. You don't pray. You don't. You don't. Uh, you know, do those obligatory ibadat. You completely neglect Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. How do you expect? Mer- like, imagine you going to the person you, you know you killed someone. Sorry for being you know graphic, but right. imagine you going and doing something horrible like like killing someone. You yeah. think their family is gonna forgive you? You know, unless they're Muslimian, because Subhanallah, Muslimian are very very merciful. Like you have to, you have to know who you're dealing with. You're dealing with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. He's the one who created. He gave you everything. You think that if you continuously go and you know, doing these small sins and saying you know He's going to be merciful, doing big sins He's going to be merciful. You think Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is? How can you guarantee that He's going to reciprocate that with mercy? How can you guarantee? How are you going to put your akhirah on that? How are you going to put everything, everything on the line? On that little chance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be merciful. How are you that confident? How would anyone be that confident? It's delusional. Yeah, especially if you're doing a sin and you know that that sin is wrong and that you shouldn't be doing it. Like, how are you going to answer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he asks you why you did not stop that sin? And how are you comfortable doing that sin knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically told you not to do it and you know you're doing something wrong? But it's like, it's just a small sin. You know, and then there's this hadith uh, that mentions verily the believer views his sins as if he was he were sitting under a mountain, fearing it will fall upon him. The wicked views his sins as if they were a fly passing over his nose. You know, to, so that like when you're when you just see like these sins, these sins, I mean that they're like really small and it's not that big a deal. That's no, you're in a bad area right now. You need to get you you need to get yourself in order. But when you see like you do like the smallest sin, you know, like maybe you like. I don't even know, like trying to think of like a really small sin, just like a really small sin. But then like when you do it, you're like, oh my God, like what have I done? This is such a big deal. Know that that your man is like, alhamdulillah, like you're in a good spot and keep going, you know? And that also reminds me of one time I was hearing that the Salaf, whom they would, uh, there were some of them that they were constantly in remembrance of Jahannam to the point where like they wouldn't even be able to eat. Like they would come to eat, they would just start crying. Like oh. like what you were mentioning, like he was just crying. Like how how can I like how can I be that, sure? Yeah, how can I be sure like that? Like I'm not going into Jahannam. You know, like they're so scared of Jahannam. You know, and we need to be more scared of Jahannam. Yeah. You know, like we need to be like especially when you're young, you should be more in like a fear state more than like a hopeful state. That's what the scholars say. You should be more like fearful of Jahannam. That way you're doing less sins and trying to get closer to Allah. 
Uh, and then when you're older, then become hopeful that Allah Subhanahu wa will forgive what you have done. And you should always be hopeful. Don't get me wrong. Don't uh, don't not be don't despair in Allah Subhanahu wa mercy. That's not what we're saying at That's all. That's a major sin, by the way. Right. Despairing in Allah. That's another major sin. So don't do that. But what we're trying to say is. Also remember that Allah's punishment exists, like the Jahannam exists. It's serious. It's scary. It's not something to just like, okay, this small sin I did, okay, well, Allah will forgive me. It's not that big deal. No, like, oh my God, I just did a sin that is going to be against me on the day of judgment. Like, how am I going to get rid of this sin now? I need to go make tawbah right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? SubhanAllah. Uh, you know, a good mentality uh, to have is just thinking to yourself. Is there any good deed that I have done that has been accepted by Allah? Like think right now, yeah. while you're listening to this podcast, think to yourself, is there a single good deed that you've done in your whole entire life that you can guarantee that's been accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The answer is no. You can't. You cannot you can't. guarantee. And then on the flip side, you're in sin or con constantly committing sins. It's impossible not to commit sins unless you're a prophet, which none of us listening here are. <laughs> so I sure, I sure hope you don't think so. You're you know, so, so yeah, we have bigger <laughs> issues. We have bigger issues. You think you're a problem? But you know, think to yourself. You know, on the other side, you're constantly committing sins, but you also can't guarantee that guarantee that a your tawbah is being accepted, and b that you know your good deeds are being accepted as well. So you should always like. Obviously, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful and He accepts. You always have to automatically assume that He accepts your tawbah if it's sincere. Have, it's have that hasnal dhan. That was our last episode, yeah. actually. Have hasnal dhan. Yeah, keep yeah, yeah. So always always have that good good view of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be hopeful in the forgiveness of Allah because in, uh, I believe it's hadith qudsi. It's definitely a hadith. I think it's hadith qudsi uh, where, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, it is hadith qudsi. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am uh, to my slave who he thinks I am. Yeah. So if you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is the most merciful, most merciful, he'll forgive you. He is the most merciful. But you also have to be sincere. That's, the, mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to, being sincere and, you know, not committing sins and being like, oh, I think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive me for, for doing the sin, but, you know, I'm still going to keep doing it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is the most just. He's, he, doesn't, yeah. he's not, he doesn't roll by those, those rules. Be honest with yourself and be honest with Allah. Yeah, that's like, sincerity. Yeah, like when you're going to make tawbah, be honest with yourself. Like, am I really going to stop this? And if you think, oh, not really, then be like, no, I'm going to stop this. Like, what am I thinking? And be honest, like, yeah, I'm going to. Like, yeah, Allah, forgive me. I genuinely don't want to do this anymore. And ask Allah to help you in stopping that sin. There's nothing wrong with them, you know? Yeah, like uh, yesterday. Uh, and we'll, we'll close on this because we're yeah, running we, short on time. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yesterday at the same event, um, the sheikh was also the saying event. the <laughs> event, the ultimate event where we learned everything. Um, you know, he brought up the fact of saying inshallah. So like yeah. when you're trying to give up something or when you're trying to not do sin and you're trying to do something good uh, and implement it, you always have to say inshallah because, you know, through the, the, the example of Yajuju Ma'juj and the ayah in Surah Al-Kahf, um, you know, Yajuj and Ma'juj aren't going to break down the wall until they say, Insha'Allah. Um, and Sulaiman. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, always say, Insha'Allah, whenever you prepare for um, for blocking off a, a sin that's recurring. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, so going, uh, go, <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you chill, you chill. Okay. Uh, so what are you saying? Okay, we'll close here. So yeah, inshallah, when you're thinking of things going into Ramadan, yeah, it, what it boils down to, 
cut out the the sins ultimately cut out the sins that you're doing whether it's listening to music not lowering your gaze uh you know looking at haram cut those out try your best and if you fall into sin it's recurring just do tawbah right away do tawbah at the end of your day do tawbah uh the second is you know try your best increasing on small consistent deeds as the prophet said you know small small consistent deeds are are better than big ones all at once and then the third which is a homework assignment for everyone listening at the end of every day me and Adam want you to go, uh, and Mira, sorry, Mira. <laughs> <laughs> what we want you to do is, before you go to bed, think of everything you've done through the day, every sayyah that you could probably have done, and make tawbah for it. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you for that. And you have to be sincere with yourself. No matter what, even if it's harsh on yourself, you have to be sincere and not recognize that it's that it's a sin. Yeah, make dua, guys, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to help you. Like make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does help you in quitting these sins. Uh, be sincere and try your hardest. And always remember, like we said, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment, his death, that will help you to fear Allah and, and try to get closer to him. Um, I think, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you, guys, thank you, Bassett, for coming out. For I think uh, we definitely really enjoyed his company. Um, and please share it, guys, with anyone you think will benefit. And inshallah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Assalamu alaikum.